Forgotten Flicks, episode 43, Escape from New York, 1981. It was an accident. About an hour ago, a small jet went down inside New York City. The president was on board. The president of what? That's not funny, Pliskin. You go in, find the president, bring him out in 24 hours, and you're a free man. 24 hours. I'm making you an offer. Bull Straight, just like I said. I'll think about it. No time. Give me an answer. Get a new president. We're still at war, Pliskin. You need him alive. I don't give a about your war. Or your president. Welcome to the Forgotten Flicks Podcast. I'm Joel. And I'm joined, as always, by... Oh, okay, I'm done. Jason. I'll flush that later. Jason, hey. Hello, children. <laughs> I'm the Duke of New York. <laughs> Hello, children. <laughs> suck on my chocolate sockety balls. <laughs> Put them in your mouth and suck them. <laughs> Uh, greatest uh, song ever. I, uh, <laughs> I was wondering how long before you'd go there. <laughs> oh, it didn't take long, did it? Oh, yeah, buddy. Ten seconds in. Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo! Yes, and we, uh, this is the Forgotten Flicks podcast, in case you're just tuning in live on WKRP in Cincinnati. Indeed. Uh, I am Joel, joined as always by Jason, and we tonight are joined by. I can only do so long, Jason. <laughs> Reminds me of the dumb drum roll from. Elder, yes. Into sci-fi TV. You've you've heard his promos. Now hear from the man. <laughs> and I greatly appreciate that. Hey, everybody, boy. I can never say you guys are not fun. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you ask our wives. Uh, <laughs> y- yes. And uh, Kevin has uh, graced us with his presence. We actually have someone here who you know is a, a professional podcaster, as opposed to us. We're just a couple of yeah. You know, well, I'm pretty much just a hack. But, <laughs> yeah, so tonight it's all about escape from New Yizork. And Jason and I haven't had the opportunity to even make faces at each other about this leading up to this. Because I haven't seen Jason in about, what has it been, about four and a half weeks? <laughs> I would say nine and a half weeks, but that would have just been creepy. Ew, that's creepy. Yeah. Uh, no. Keep yeah. me away from the refrigerator, please. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, it has been a while. I've been a little bit uh, uh, in absentia at work. Of, tied. Been You've been tied up. <laughs> uh, I'd actually rather be tied up than some of the things I've been doing. No. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we've coming, we're really coming into this completely cold, not having talked about it or even been able to see the grimaces on each other's oh, faces. Here's, here's the key, though, Jason. We're yeah. one for one. We both love the thing, right? Yeah. But Assault on Precinct 13. Yeah, we were split. Split. You sorry ass. What? what? <laughs> yes. Um, I loved it, Jason. Is a douche. Well, you're so, an idiot. Yes, I, I may be an idiot, but I saw the preseason thirteen. just film film night, and you know. Yeah. Well, you know. Whatever. Mega Shark versus a regular movie watcher. They thought I'm just I'm just an average I'm an average Joe representing the average guy. I'm a blue collar film I'm fan. I'm I'm Joe, I'm, I'm, I'm Joe the plumber of film uh, critique. You see? Oh, I wouldn't even say critique. That's too pretentious. That's too. Uh, I'll say film watcher. Move, not even film. Film is too protective. Let's say, let's say <laughs> move, move in picture show watcher. Okay, somebody didn't have decaf today. Oh, no. no. I'm on, Kevin. <laughs> I'm on like Donkey Kong tonight, buddy. And it's because you're here, really. Oh, I'm the cause. Yeah, yes, right. yes, totally. Yeah. Nothing you... to do with the previous 42 episodes. That you about. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> or, or the 35 years that preceded that. Um, yes. So Wait, is t- this really the only the third Carpenter film we've done? I th- yeah, yeah. 
Mm, oh, wow. dude, I've been working on the schedule for next year, brother. We're we're oh. doing more. <laughs> yeah, well, we have to, especially yes. from you know the '80s. But so yes, it's interesting. It will be interesting to see what. I swear to God, I swear are. to God, this better go like it better go. That's all I'm saying. I'm not gonna lie. So if you're waiting on that, it ain't gonna happen. I didn't. I don't want you to lie. Oh, I expect all the right. truth. All right. I okay. Hope so okay. Hope you're ready. All right, and and yeah. uh, those that are longtime listeners of the show, we do feedback, but we've moved it to the end. Because there have been protests, literal. Uh, it was Occupy, uh, the Forgotten Flicks Mall Twin Movie Theater, and they totally had, like one guy out there. Yeah, he was he was homeless, and yeah, I think he was just sleeping. Uh, I think he was just sleeping off the Mad Dog Twenty Twenty. Yeah, and I think he may have had the blob stuck to his hand. At least I pray to God that's what that was. <laughs> he tried to wipe it on my shirt, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. You get for feeding him. I told you, don't leave popcorn out there or is he just going to stick around? Okay. Yeah, true. Anyway, yes. So we, we've moved it to the end. And so uh, if you have called in, have no fear. You are still going to be on the show. We've just put it at a more strategic place in the podcast. So We're all about strategery on the Forgotten Voice podcast. <laughs> it's America. It's America. Uh, yes, we are all about the strategery. And uh, Kevin... I do pro- not to worry for you either. You will get a chance to speak <laughs> at some point. I promise. This is going to be like this. Con- my impression of Kevin throughout the show. Ready? Yeah. That, but I just want. What with it? Yeah. So. Wait, that's me through 40. Oh, that's true. The good point. Never mind. <laughs> that was my impression of Jason. Again, I've listened to enough episodes to know if I want to talk, I better just damn well go. Yeah, go, go, go. And I'll just go, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you go ahead, Jason. I'm going to be waiting a long time. It's like eating at family's house. You don't wait. You just either dive in and eat or you just go hungry. Unless you're my, and if it's buffet style and you're my dad, you just kind of like body check the pregnant ladies out of your way and. <laughs> Mosey on up. I love you. Position. Okay. And he doesn't. And he doesn't listen to my podcast. Okay. <laughs> I love you, Daddy. Don't, don't disinherit me. Okay. On that note, gentlemen, would you like to hear a little Escape from New York trailer action? Oh, please bring it on. In New York, 1997. The entire city is a walled maximum security prison. The bridges are mined. The rivers are patrolled. And the United States Police Force has everything under control, they think. I'm going in. John Carpenter's Escape from New York, the high adventure of the future. One man must go in where no man has ever gotten out. And if he comes back alone, his nightmare has just begun. Who are you? John Carpenter's Escape from New York. Heard you were dead. Carpenter's Escape from New York, the greatest escape of them all, is about to blow the future apart. If this movie had just been a few years, I guess, newer or older, whatever, like came out in 1984 is what I'm thinking, he could have said, he went in where no man has ever come out. And they could have gone, Madonna. So, J- Jason, the listening like a virgin tour, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. They should have just put that in quotes. The, quote, like a virgin, unquote, tour. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, Jason, would you like to hit us with some synopsis knowledge? I would love to. So, as you heard in the uh, trailer, this is basically the story that New York City, Manhattan, the island, has become in the future a maximum security prison in which they've just erected this big giant wall around the entire thing and called it jail. And anybody who tries to escape, they simply shoot or uh, kill, as we see in kind of the opening scenes of the movie. Yeah, tell them to turn around, and they do, and then blow them up anyway. <laughs> it's good to be gone. <laughs> <laughs> you have 10 seconds. 
let's turn that boat around. Okay, we're going, we're going. Ah! <laughs> That's great. Your 10 seconds are up. Um, yeah, so uh, it kind of opens with the idea that now this that's what Manhattan is. Um, you see Kurt Russell's character, uh, Snake Plissken, being um, processed, so to speak, through the... the um, I think he was on, actually, Ellis Island, or not Ellis Island, on um, the Statue of Liberty Island is what they kind of made it look like. But he was being processed as a prisoner, and um, but has not yet been tossed into Manhattan. And at one point, apparently the People's Liberation Army of America, or the People's Workers Union, it was a very communist kind of name, um, for the workers, she kidnapped Air Force One and was going to crash it into Manhattan, but the... The president escapes in a red egg, a la Mork and Mindy, um, drops out of the bottom of the plane, crashes in the middle of New York City, and is promptly taken hostage by the gangs that have now kind of taken over the city. But not before he looks at them and says, Nanu, Nanu. (laughs) I'm sure that happened. That was in the deleted scenes. Yes. Um, I didn't didn't watch the DVD extras. (laughs) Um, So uh, then the warden, basically the warden, is it the warden or is he kind of the... Lee Van Cleef? No, no, no. um, Yeah, Lee Van Cleef. Hawk, yeah. Yeah, I... I, Yeah, police commissioner, I think. Yeah, I think, yeah, he's kind of like, yeah. Yeah, because it's a private... Commissioner slash, yeah, because he's kind of the warden, but there's no real warden because nobody really goes into the jail. So um, anyway, he basically comes to Kurt Russell, who apparently was a war hero, um, and then at one point decided to rob the Federal Reserve, which is why he's now being thrown into prison, and that's Snake Plissken. And so he says, you have to help us, and the clip you played at the very beginning is how asking Snake to go in and save the president, and Snake basically says, I really don't give a butt. And he said, we'll let you go, and he finally agrees, but only because they've injected two little micro-explosives in his neck. He has 24 hours to, to save the president, or the explosives basically blow up enough to kill Snake. Um, and so he is thrust into the World Trade Center where he has to now go find the president. Now, Jason, before you, before you go any further. Yep. <laughs> I mean, like, everybody is like, yo, Snake Plissken, I thought you were small. I was sorry, I won't move on. I thought you was dead. And, of course, you're not dead. But <laughs> what you don't know is that if he doesn't rescue the president. Excuse me. Spoiler alert, please. <laughs> It's not even a spoiler, it's like the plot of the movie. Like the main story. Why don't you go siphon off of something instead? Why? I have a strange feeling that was dirty. <laughs> In a forgotten flicks kind of way. In a forgotten flicks, you know, PG, hard PG kind of way. Lock up the kids, forgotten flicks is on. That's right. Well, no, lock up the kids anyway. <laughs> That's my philosophy. So I'm going to wait, wait for it, guys. Do the polite thing and defer to our guest. Let's start with Kevin. Kevin, what did you think upon rewatching Escape from New York? Tell us your feelings. How do you feel about this motion picture? Well, I was excited because I bought the Blu-ray version. Nice. I rewatched just for you guys. I figured you guys would oh, yeah. seven dollars eighty six cents. Just, so just, just for us, Kevin. Really? Wow. Yes, that's it. Just for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my address is. <laughs> uh, what uh, I. Okay, same as, as uh, Jason's always saying, I, I always have to be honest, and I, I got to say, I mean, I just, I love this thing inside and out. It's just, it's Snake. It's Snake, that's all you got to say. Yeah, and, and am I the only one who noticed the cobra tattoo to his stomach that is suspiciously coming up from his pants? <laughs> like, that was about not, that was as unsubtle. I'm sure that comes up in conversations with the ladies, let's face it. You know, yeah. It's not for us. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like to see the tail of the snake? Yeah. <laughs> it's the eye patch, let's face it. That's oh, yes. <laughs> well, they call him one-eyed, what? <laughs> one-eyed snake. <laughs> no, I mean, really, he has one eye. In his name's sake. Yeah, I didn't mean anything weird by that. Yeah. No. 
like one-eyed yeah. Willie. Yeah. From Goonies. Yeah. I mean, oh, God, let's not go there. I mean, I just, I, env- I envision Christian Bale rewatching this movie a lot to get ready for Batman, so that's... <laughs> yeah, the... Uh, well, it, 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 did you watch any of the extras? I, I have the regular, I have the old, the old-fashioned DVD. I stick it in my VHS player. And uh, the standard <laughs> death. Yeah. Yes, and I, I was watching the delete, well, I guess actually, no, it was the little behind-the-scenes featurette, and they were, you know, talking to uh, Kurt Russell at one point, talking about how this is the, you know, is the favorite character he's ever portrayed, and uh, and and they got into. Um, I was going somewhere with my thought, and I freaking lost it. <laughs> Son of a! Oh no, I know what it was. I know what it was. I know what it was. I got it back. Wait, back. Hold on, ready? <laughs> Caught it. Writing <laughs> it in. Okay, it was that he acknowledged he purposely did it as Clint Eastwood. Like he said, I just thought of Clint Eastwood and Dirty Harry. I thought, how would Clint play this? And he said, that's why I talked like, you know. So he intentionally did it. Whereas Christian Bale just sounds like he gargled with gravel. (laughs) That could very well be. No, it looks like, you know, Christian Bale just looks like his bottom jaw is wired shut. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So it, hel- so it holds up for you. When was the last time you saw it prior to this rewatch? Uh, two, three, four years ago. It's been, okay. it's been a while. Okay, so it's not like the last time you saw this, you were, you know, 15, 20 years old or something. And No, no. Okay. The thing I always have to keep in mind when I hear you guys talking about these films is, is you know, I, I'm the, the old fogey. I mean, I'm old enough to have seen these things, you know. In my 20s when these were coming to the theaters and you little wee little kids were like 12 at home watching. Well, Jason was like 42. <laughs> At the time, <laughs> but yeah, I I know what you mean. I know what you mean, pops. I got it. <laughs> so, so I remember, you know, on a big screen, this really for me did a lot. I you know I gotta say it was just uh, it was just over the top enough and and crazy enough and silly enough that I got along with it fine. I mean, on rewatches, you spend a lot of time watching Snake walk around. I mean, yeah, you do. Snap. Yeah, yeah, you do. You do. There's a lot of snake walking. <laughs> Which is weird because they don't have legs. So, yeah, I agree with yeah, that. Not much there. But, I mean, atmosphere, they, uh, and let Jason, maybe he's got some thoughts on this. But, I mean, I thought for, you know, what they did, the idea of creating this as a, you know, a really depressing future and the whole prison on the island thing kind of worked a bit for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, Jason. I think you should go next. No, I, I think never get to go last. Yes, you do. Yes, no, you do. I, the, I don't. Yeah, you know why? You know, the last time I let you go last, I believe assault on precinct thirteen. <laughs> I think good. I think let's that, bring it full circle. Oh, you son of a five episodes? No, even more than that, because that was like. 13, oh God, I don't remember. I don't remember three episodes yeah. ago. What are you kidding that me? That was like thirty, 30 right. episodes ago. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I enjoy. I think the acting is great. I think the the plot. Works just fine for what it is. It's meant to be this kind of high octane, high concept, you know, action picture. It was, I think, done effectively. I I think held up very well. I've always loved this movie. My dad showed it to me when I was probably way too young to be seeing it. And uh, uh, because unlike Kevin, I was not uh, 63 when it came out. (laughs) I, in fact, was six. (laughs) So uh, I didn't see it, though, at the theater. Yeah, it was it was a few years Pro, uh, post six years old, but I still, uh, it's not, it's not a movie for the little kids. Um, it is a dark, cynical, just view of everything. And I love Snake Plissken. I, there's a part of me that really wish I'm so not, I'm, I'm, unfortunately, I'm whiny Luke Skywalker. I'm, I'm going into Bashi <laughs> Station to pick up some Pelican Ladies. That's me, unfortunately. <laughs> I want to be Snake. Yeah, well, a lot of us did, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that's how that's how I feel about it, Jason. Uh, okay, so <laughs> I didn't see this when it first came out. Obviously, um, this was one of those, and then we've kind of talked about my dad's list. Um, he was pretty liberal in letting me watch movies, especially as they came on HBO. Even some of the more rated R ones. Um, you know, I remember watching Twilight Zone, the, the remake that came out, and um, a couple others. But there was a very short list of movies that he always said kind of sheltered away from me and said, nope, you can't watch it. And I remember those because there were so few. This was one. Um, really? Excalibur. Excalibur was another one. Um, the Thing was another one. I know we talked about that before. And so, of course, what that does with any kid is when <laughs> your parents say no, that makes you want to watch it even more. You know. 
So I, I, I remember watching this vaguely as a kid. Um, I don't I don't remember being too interested in it. Not like when I watched The Thing as a kid. I remember it scared the crap out of me. But this one I had, I had vague memories of. And, of course, I've heard lots of pop culture references um, since then. Um, but it has been quite a while since I've seen this. Uh, at least I'm going to say greater than 15, 16, 17 years. Wow. Yeah, it has been a while. Um, so you were thir- you were thirty five, thirty seven when the last time you saw us? <laughs> no. Okay. I'm not as old as Kevin. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> I didn't say you were that old. <laughs> yeah. Um and knowing going into this that this is a Carpenter movie and you know, I know you're a big Carpenter fan and, and I obviously am a fan of some of his stuff, but with the whole talk I'm pretty thinking, I went into this very very open-minded and possibly even biased towards the positive. God. Dude, I just... (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, this movie sucked. (laughs) Come on, tell us what you really think. Why doesn't Carpenter just go ahead and make a zombie movie? Can I just say that? Are you free? Are you serious? Is this going to be your go-to position for every Carpenter movie you hate? The the bad guys are like zombies. <laughs> okay, no, I'm pulling your chain. I absolutely love this movie. Oh god, I'm sorry. dude, you. Oh wow. What's really sad is I effing fell for that. I I'm sitting there preparing myself. I'm like. <laughs> well, the worst part, the worst part is, I am sitting there going, thinking to myself, okay, he's going to totally set me up. All right, he's doing his like, well, uh, bullcrap. And then when you went there, I'm like, because you way you, I was like, are you effing kidding me? <laughs> no, I absolutely love this movie. Now, this is definitely a watching context. So, um, for those of you who haven't seen it that are listening, um, the computer, you know, and, and understand, and with all of these movies, especially the ones you've seen from any of these movies that we've talked about from either the late 70s or early 80s, the computer technology that they try and project into the future still looks very 70s-like. Um, their command center is mostly just LED lights on a wall. I mean, there's not really any um, computer stuff, but... I don't, I don't detract that from the movie whatsoever. Um, I actually had not seen this in a super long time. I'm not lying about that part. And I went into it thinking, ugh, and I hope I like this. <laughs> and I watched it, and I remembered enough of it, but there was enough new stuff in it for me that was almost like a new watch. That's and cool. I absolutely loved it, and I really, really liked it. And the music, the Carpenter music in this, and, and he said, who was it that worked on it with him? That- Alan Howarth or Howarth? Hours, yeah. yeah. Um, it was very Carpenter esque. It did remind me of like The Thing and then Assault on Precinct 13 that played well into this. And even though there were a lot of walking snake scenes, I think this was one of those few movies. Like, there's a, there are a lot of movies that you don't want to have extended periods of no dialogue or no action, you know, because that tends to slow down a movie. And some movies can pull it off rarely, but he was such, to me, he was such a badass. In the scenes where he's just walking, like the biggest thing for me was the, the long, long set of scenes where he's walking through the city for the first time. Yeah, and the, he's that's great. All this bad stuff happen, or all these things happening around him, and he's almost like, I don't care, I'm on a mission. Like he, yep. he literally go. Yeah, I mean, it, like there's the scene with kind of the punk girl who looks like she's either half drunk or um, she's been beaten up or whatever, and the guys are tossing around and they rip her shirt off, and um, he just kind of looks and looks away not even hesitates the whole way through. So um, I love that. I thought it actually worked for this very well. And the ending to this movie for me was just, that was... I love the ending of this movie. (laughs) I actually, it was funny. I was looking up different, that sound clip at the beginning, especially, and people were trying to like attribute on YouTube, like, you know, Snake Bliskin is really uh, filling whatever your political ideology or philosophy is. It's like, He's nothing. That's the point. He doesn't give a crap about anybody but Snake. That's the point. Yeah. So um, I am also a gigantic Kurt Russell fan, and I like a lot of the stuff. Now, I will admit, and I know we've talked about this, there are some movies in between that are kind of meh. I wasn't a huge Tango and Cash fan, um, but obviously McCready is still my favorite Kurt Russell role. I loved him as Wyatt Earp in Tombstone. Um I loved him in Snake, uh, Snake in this one, um, Big Trouble in Little China. I, loved, mm-hmm. I even liked him as Captain Ron. Now, well, that movie overall was meh. I thought he was really funny in it. Wasn't it? Wasn't it Shannon on Twitter who said? 
Was it Shannon that said she, or is it, who was it? Was it Shannon? That she likes to ru- watch Captain Ron but pretend that that snake retired and under a different identity. <laughs> and like makes it a totally different movie. It was either her or JV or somebody said with that on Martin Twitter. Short, yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> I'm going to have to rewatch that again just with that context. I think that'd be fantastic. <laughs> um, but I, anyway, one thing I will toss in is I do see a, 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 obviously a thread within Carpenter's films and some of these uh, with the whole zombie aspect because there was a lot of that. Um, zombie-esque, where there were two different types of prisoners, basically, on um, in the New York penal system. There were the prisoners who were sort of the organized gang members who all followed the Duke of New York. Who, um, yeah, hey, number one! You're the Duke! <laughs> um, played by Isaac Hayes, who's obviously the voice of Chef in South Park, but... Um, he, they kind of follow him, so they're more of the organized uh, hierarchy of intelligent bad guys. But then you've sort of got the, what did they call them now? I forget what they called them, the crazies or something. The people that basically just kind of popped out of the Yes, hand. yes. Yeah, yeah. From under, undergrounders or something. About yeah, something like that. Well, they were definitely more of the zombies, just everybody running, trying to kill. So um, there was definitely a lot of that feel, which was similar to Assault on Precinct 13, which I know you and I have since talked about. Um, you know, till we were bleeding in our eyes, but <laughs> you were. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I kind of like that aspect of it. They played that as there was two different types, but um, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. The only thing that to me felt a little weird: why was a British guy the president? Actually, you know what? They one of the things. <laughs> well, one of the things I read: Donald Pleasance apparently created a whole backstory for why his character would be president with a British accent, and Carpenter didn't want to use it. Oh, he didn't want to use the backstory? He didn't want to include that as part of the uh, the element. It was like when they uh, interviewed Harry Dean Stanton for the special, uh, the you know, behind-scenes special. He yeah. was talking about when he was uh, approached by Carpenter to play the role of Brain, that he said, he read the script, really liked it, but he said, just so you know, I'm going to want to change your, I'm going to want to change dialogue. He goes, that's, Carpenter said, that's fine, just don't mess with my plot. So Carpenter was very open to the idea of actors coming in and improvising a bit, but he's mm-hmm. he's very much a well, you know I got to make sure you know don't suddenly say something that's going to completely throw everything out of flux and and, and right. screw up the, the the linear movement of what's supposed to happen here. So and which is of course that's another important point I think we should all bring up, which is the supporting cast of this movie, phenomenal. I can think oh, of oh two two very talented assets. <laughs> Both belonging to. Ernest, Bo- Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> yeah, Ernest Borgnine. Speaking of Ernest, Ernest Borgnine, I I just met him like two months ago. Did you really? I was at. He was at. He was a guest at Dragon Con. Was he really? That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I saw him. On a, I couldn't. Believe the guy's like in his nineties. Yeah, he's he he's a, so sharp as a tack. That's awesome, man. It was amazing. He was really something to see. I gotta say. Did you walk up to him and go, I loved you. I lo- oh, crap. I just screwed up my own joke. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Well, because I brain farted. What was the what was the movie one? That, oh, Marty. I was going to say Charlie. I was like, no, Charlie's the one with uh, with uh, Cliff Robertson. Dang it. I, say, go walk up. I loved you in Marty. And he would just looked at you funny because, you know, that movie came out like 1955. Really, the whole joke was lame to begin with. I'm moving on. I repeat myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was wow. <sighs> yeah, that was worth interrupting you over. So yes, uh, other other wonderful supporting cast members included. Oh, Adrian Barbeau played the main squeeze of the brain, who is I guess the scientist guy. Yeah, Harry Dean Stanton. Yep. 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 Um, so he kind of played the the lackey of the Duke to make him gasoline and other you know, kind of inventions. Who also, as you mentioned, tied into um, Snake's backstory because mm-hmm. I guess he had backstabbed Snake at some point during that deleted scene of the bank robbery. I think it was supposed to be even before that because I think the bank robbery happens pretty like immediately before. Yeah, not like within a shortly. few days. Yeah, yeah, shortly. I mean, it's definitely not years. I, I think Brain was like four or five years prior. Yeah to this situation. So we have, of course, Adrian Bar, the lovely Adrian Barbeau, who I believe at this time was still married to John Carpenter, that lucky. And when he originally wrote this movie was in the mid seventies. And he actually wrote that part with her in mind, apparently. So I guess they had been together since then. I know because they did the fog together. And I got to ask for both of you, was that the best death scene or what? What hers? 
Yes. Well, did you get? Did you catch the uh, anything about the what happened with that as far as showing her? That apparently the original cut they just show you know uh, the Duke run his car toward her, but I, there was some ambiguity in that, and a lot of people, I guess, early audiences. Now, one of the things that IMDb said that a young wait for this is so Hollywood PR spin, man. A young J.J. <laughs> Abrams because his dad worked in the industry, I guess, at that time was in a test screening and and told John Carpenter that he felt, he's like 13 years old, told John Carpenter that he felt her death was confusing and he might want to shoot a, a cutaway of her dead. Because we have to give Abram some yeah. credit. Oh, well, I just say, but it's so like, you know, when Spielberg was like four years old, he snuck onto the Universal <laughs> backlot and, uh, you know, give me a break. Yeah, because like Carpenter, the guy whose name is... Like, comes in before the title, the freaking, just John Carpenter's, let's hold it, hold it, hold it. Oh, yeah, Escape from New York. Yeah, yeah. that guy is going to listen to some 13-year-old kid and go, oh, you're right, son. Sonny, I think I do need me a new... <laughs> but anyway, apparently he shot that in his garage. Oh, really? After the whole the movie, dead, yeah, the her dead, because the yeah, they were married, so it was their garage, and apparently they just shot, they staged it and set it up, and it's in their garage. Cool. How awesome is that? That's kind of cool. Yeah. That was it was very, very bloody. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Now, Harry, yes. Harry Dean Stanton, uh, a couple years prior to this, had been in uh, what sci-fi classic? Uh, Alien. Oh, well, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Something okay. stomach problems. Ke- Kevin, Kevin already said it, Jason. So as a result, you actually seemed like you had no idea, which was just sad. <laughs> I know, of course you know. Uh, yes, he was an alien. He was, uh, let's God, he's been in so many freaking moods. It's ridiculous. I'm just trying to bring this off the top of my head. Obviously, Pretty in Pink. Uh, yep. um, uh, are you hating Pretty in Pink? I, no, I, I, I've been seeing the, you know, the, of all the movies of his to pick, the next one you go to is Pretty in Pink. It was that or a, or, or a, stri- I was going to pick that one or a straight story. <laughs> <laughs> And and that's all we're going to mention because there might be another one that's going to be part of our movie picks at the end. Uh, okay, we won't talk about it. <laughs> okay, so as long, as long as I get to go first, then we'll be fine. Oh crap! I need a yeah. backup, don't I? <laughs> Dang it! Okay, I, okay, you guys talk for a minute. I'm going to find I've, a backup. I've learned enough now to make sure that I have at least three or four, just in case you guys steal mine. So. Again, 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 I was on the commode when I came up with this one. <laughs> That's where all my be- my you know best thinking is done. So I'm gonna while you guys talk for a minute, I'm just gonna go ahead. Imdb.com. And... <laughs> there you go, Joe. Yeah, I get, oh yeah, I got the app. I'm good. <laughs> okay, I, I know what I'm doing. You guys go. Now I have a question for you guys on this because yeah, again, old guy here, sorry, in the theaters. But I thought part of what really uh, sucked me into this movie, certainly first time seeing it, is this is the perfect kind of thing to see in a theater for the atmosphere just. You know, just totally washes over me when you get when you're trying to set up a, a situation in a sci-fi movie, especially where you're creating a new world or or something in the future. I thought that makes it so much better to believe or easier to believe than when you're sitting, you know, on the couch. I could I could see the uh, yes, I agree with you. And uh, when we announce the first ever Forgotten Flicks uh, film festival, this will be our opening picture. Except that that's not actually happening. But if it were. <laughs> It totally would be, just so I could have the excuse of watching it on the big screen. Stop, I'm working on it. Yes, no, I I agree. I actually think that seeing this on the big screen, even after seeing it, you know, multiple times, usually on VHS, uh, it would definitely be worth the price of admission for sure. Well, and it definitely, especially because I kind of mentioned this to you before, Kevin, the scenes of New York. Um, you know, in the 80s, New York was kind of a crime-ridden place to begin with, which is where a lot of movies kind of went with, was that the future of New York would just be only worse. You know, would follow this exponential increase of of, uh, of decay. Um, and who knew? It would actually be Detroit. So, um, <laughs> RoboCop sorry. knew. That's who knew. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but um, I, I can imagine that seeing this on the big screen would have added to that because a lot of it was it, – it made it feel very dirty. Like everywhere he was was just junk and rubble and, fi- you know, smoke. Although I did expect to see a little more fire. Uh, yeah, because other than the plane crash and torches, there really wasn't much. No, no. I kind of – but then again, that's kind of built up over years of other movies who have kind of built – 
Well, you know, and the fact that this is post-apocalyptic, so I would assume that there's very little electricity, except in, you know, in, in very specific areas. But um, I, I, I can imagine that the feeling that I got, just the whole feeling dirty and decayed throughout his walk through the city, especially his initial walk, would have been even magnified by him by being on the big screen, you know, kind of feeling it more. Yeah. But. I concur, Jason. This is kind of boring. I wish you had hated it. I'm sorry. I tried. Yeah. I really tried to hate it. I tried. No, uh, it, it just didn't work out that um, way. Although I swear to God, when we talked about this a while back, this has been months and months, we talked about it. I'm watching it, and I'm like, I thought he said that Bruce Campbell was in this. And I can't like, who is Bruce Oh, that's Campbell? an escape from L.A. It, well, yeah, but I didn't. I forgot that part of it, and I'm like, "How is Bruce Campbell?" And then I thought he was the Duke. Saying, <laughs> I remember you saying he was like the mayor of something or something, and I was like, "Oh, maybe he's the Duke." And I'm like, "Wait a second. Well, if you if well, if you watch Escape from L.A., you wouldn't be able to figure that out either because he's like under a, you know eight tons of makeup. He's like this makeup. plastic surgeon from hell. So yeah, there is not enough makeup. To shrink that chin, so I don't think I would miss him, even knowing. No, I I seem to recall they made it even more pronounced, so he ends up looking like. You remember Mac Tonight, the McDonald's bit? Remember that? Oh, in, the in, big moon in, guy? Yeah, the big moon face guy. <laughs> it's Mac wow. Tonight, that guy. <laughs> yes. I love how I pull a commercial out of my head as if it was just on TV last night. <laughs> Marketing people everywhere are laughing. They're like, oh, we got another moron. More suckers. You know. <laughs> Oh, yeah? How about the little records that came on the side of the Happy Meals to all be Patty Spencer sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions? No, ne neither Kevin nor I is that old. <laughs> but if you got the record that actually went to the end of that song, you won. It was like a million-dollar prize. you remember that? No, I have Most of the records you put on, and they'd play and, uh, to all be Patty Spencer, and they'd get to the end and be like, blah, 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 and they mess it up. Really? Well, well, Kevin, help me, man. Do you remember that? Oh, hey. I want to leave you hanging, but yes, I, I do understand. I do remember. Oh, that. Thank you. I'm pretty. I'm pretty you know, confident yeah, you're both making that up. Outside, like, I had to put them underneath the, uh, like the encyclopedias we used to have before we had internet. <laughs> what? <laughs> to keep on flat because they were cardboard. Yeah. What was the search? Yeah. What was the search engine like on an encyclopedia? <laughs> on a table of contents. I mean, did your parents get really pissed when you tried to write in the search field, or? <laughs> No, but I did have this conversation with my daughter the other day to blank stairs when I tried to explain to her what an actual card catalog was like. Yes. Let me explain the Dewey Decimal System and why we should bring it back. He's like, God, how did you find anything? <laughs> oh, you, you did. It just took eight days. <laughs> yeah, my daughter's the same way, complaining about having to search the Internet for stuff. I'm going, well, what do you want to take? We get a ride from your dad to go to the library to spend four hours finding one book with one paragraph of what you needed? Yeah, but we liked it. That's right. We loved it. There you go. Throw wood on the fire by throwing in a Saturday Night Live reference from the late 80s. <laughs> I liked it. Yes. <laughs> I guess it's more early 90s, isn't it? No, it was, it was Dana Carvey. It was Dana Carvey. He was late 80s. 90s. Late 80s. It was late 80s. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> remember the William Shatner episode in like 89? Do you remember when Shatner was on like in 89? That's like always stuck with it. I can actually remember where I was when I was when we did TJ Hooker. It was awesome. Am, am I anybody? Hello? I don't remember that one. No. Are you talking about the Get a Life thing segment too with the Trekkies? Oh, yes, yes, where he'd say, yeah, well, you people get it. Yeah, that was awesome. And, and Toots is the driving cat. He drives around all over the town. Toots is the driving cat. <laughs> Toots is the cat who could drive a car. That is comedy gold, people. Uh, yes. Yeah. As gold as earwax. Yes. Um, I also did want to mention that. The interesting thing about John Carpenter, especially in his early pictures, you know, before he got really big with Ghosts of Mars, he would often have uh, support players that would be in, you know, throughout all of his films. Like, for instance, Charles Cyphers, who was in Assault on Precinct 13, who was in Halloween. He played the sheriff, Sheriff Brackett, and he was also in this, and he's done other Carpenter joints. 
to you know take a Spike Lee reference, and uh, but he was he really didn't have a big part. He kind of just hung out with Tom Atkins and Lee Van Cleef, which honestly is a pretty freaking cool gig. <laughs> you know, just gotta hang yeah. out and get paid to <laughs> hang out with two cool guys. And Wait, he was the guy in the suspenders that would argue with Hulk every so often. Yes, right? every great once in a while. Yes, and yeah. and uh, two lines. <laughs> And, of course, Tom Atkins, who we uh, talked about not that long ago in Night of the Creeps, but he oh, was yeah. in Halloween 3, which Carpenter produced. Um, did they work together on anything else? Oh, yeah, The Fog. I was going to say. Yeah, God. The sorry brain fart. Um, yeah. But I'm trying to think, was there anything else other than those? Think, think, think. I could look, but I, I'm lazy. Uh, yeah, yeah, well. I, Night of the Creeps is the only one I have. Yes, and life, so. Charles Buck Flowers, he is the guy that was the um, – when when he when Snake goes and thinks it's the president getting I don't I'm assuming that guy was punching the president in the back of the head <laughs> from behind like that I don't know what was going on an scene. yes I mean I'm just saying it had a little kind of okay, glad you went there. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, we well, we will bring it up. It is the Forgotten Rex <laughs> podcast. Smiling with one tooth. Yes. Yeah. He turns out, hey, I'm the president. He always plays awesome homeless guys. I think he was a Back to the Future, wasn't he? The homeless guy in Back to the Future. Yes. And um, well, he's a prospector in something like he played like yeah, he looks like a prospector. Like the toothless prospector with the flipped up old beat up hat. Yeah, he was. He's yeah. been in a crap ton of movies. Man, he was in the yeah. fog. He was a fisherman in the fog. He was in They Live. He was a homeless guy. Uh, <laughs> it would be great. Like was he? Was he also the one that the um, in uh, Terminator in the uh, alleyway? Yes. Oh well, uh, my pants when, I when, think he you know, may have been. Yes, I think he may have been. Yes, at the first second I was thinking of Bill Paxton and the whole nice night for a walk, eh? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> nice night for a walk. <laughs> what was the other movie that we talked about that he was in that we, we did a movie a while back? I am not. He... I am not. Oh, sorry, not Charles. I can't believe I said that. George Buckflower. God, Joel, come on. Yes, he was in Back to the Future. I was right on that one. Let's see here. No, there's another one that we did a while back where he played something. He had, uh, again, like this one, he kind of had like a random. Oh, wait. Here's one for you two The Curse of the Komodo. Oh, <laughs> that's the one that had the guy from the Highlander. Um, Adrian Paul. Oh, no, Christopher Lambert. No, the guy that yeah. was in Mega Piranha was also in that one. Uh, um, well, we got Tim Abel or Abel, Melissa Brassel. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Yeah. Is that all you need to hear, and then you know? <laughs> no, no, that, that was what Jason said about the I'm visualizing faces. Okay. Well, yeah, but I don't I'm think ignoring you. I'm ignoring you, Joel. Well, that that that's probably smart, actually. All right, I'm, I'm looking. Uh, George Buckflower was in. Let's see here. Oh, Power Rangers in space. Mom, can I keep? <laughs> Mom, can I keep her with this boy? It's a creepy ass picture. There's a boy and a gorilla. The gorilla's like behind him with his arm around him, holding a banana up to the kid's mouth. Dude, this is a creepy, <laughs> creepy movie. Now wait, I'm gonna throw this back to last episode. He was in Cheerleader Camp. Oh, nice. <laughs> Kevin, if you haven't seen Cheerleader Camp, all you need to do is look up the movie poster. Tammy and the T-Rex. <laughs> You know what, though? Oh, he was employed for a long time. Inside so. Out 2. He played the farmer. <laughs> oh, he was in Munchie. Oh, awesome. He played the rich... Wait, he played a rich tramp in Munchie. That's kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? You <laughs> can pull it off. Dude, uh, how, how, how tough is this? You, you weren't in 976 uh, Evil. You were in 976 Evil Part 2. Oh, lovely. <laughs> oh, God. Wasn't he in, was he in Daryl? No, not Daryl. Um, Cloak, and, Cloak and Dagger, is that the one we did? No, you're thinking of um, William Forsyth, who played the uh, nerdy guy in the, the game shop. Uh, yeah, no. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that's what I was thinking. I'm thinking the big hairy oh, beard. Pumpkinhead. Oh, I love oh, that one. one. Maniac yeah. Cop. There we go. Yeah, Cheerleader Camp, you're right. So, oh, Sorority Babes in the Slime Bowl Bolarama. <laughs> oh, he played a janitor. He was so ashamed of that one, he didn't even use his real name. C.D. Lafleur. <laughs> I think I could make an entire DVD collection uh, that would, I think, quite satisfy me of just uh, Buck Flower. Right. And De Death Nurse 2. 
<laughs> he, he has a credit as C.L. LeFleur. So he was so ashamed, he took his pseudonym, his lame pseudonym, and changed it by one letter. Uh, let's see here. Oh, he was in Taking It Off. That was one of those HBO like movies that you weren't supposed to watch when you're, you know, you waited your parents went to bed. And it was on at one a.m. and it was like a comedy, but it wasn't really funny. You just watched it because it was called Taking It Off, and you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I remember the theme song. Ready? Oh, wait for it. Ready? Taking it off, taking it all off. I don't know why. I actually wanted to try to follow the story. At least you know until the two. I'm sure. Wait, wait. But then once the two and a half minutes was over, I just go to sleep. You read the articles, don't you? I like the I like the comics. Those are the funniest jokes in the. God. Well, you know what? As much as I hate to burst your ADD bubble, um, we, we should probably really get on. To wait, the, wait, escape um, from New York. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Escape from New York. His credit. His credit just says. Read the IMDb like a phone book. What the hell? Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. thing to watch. I swear. Escape from New York. It just says drunk. <laughs> It doesn't say like homeless person, uh, you know, criminal. No, drunk. That's what he played. He played the drunk. Well, <laughs> well that's almost as good as uh, the blonde girl that the Snake Plissken meets in that little diner. Oh, season Hubbly. She was married to him at the time. Yeah. Well, her credit was girl in chocks full of nuts. <laughs> Is that a porn theater? <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, I gotta stop. I gotta stop. I get out more. Okay. I really do. Stop. Put the iPad. Okay. Oh, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Step away. Um, and then, of course, on one final note. Yes. Thank you, Mr. Pliskin. We will, and we will now move on to. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Okay. Go. 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 How many do you do you remember how many times in the movie you heard the phrase? I heard you were dead. Yeah, was it like six? <laughs> I'm curious. How many do you think it was? I'm guessing six or seven. I was gonna say hmm, it may be less than. Yeah, I was say it might be a little less than that. Yeah, I think I had five on a rewatch when I started counting it. I just I got yeah. such a kick out of how many times I went back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Person. I thought you were dead. dead. <laughs> okay, so on that note, gentlemen, let's get into the movie picks. You missed the best part. You can hear him plunging it, and then he goes, yippee, when it breaks free. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to play it one more time. Hold on. Okay, wait. Go ahead. It's once is not enough. As soon as he's done flushing, I need to add like a kind of noise and then him going, damn, and then yippee. Every morning at my house, folks. I did this right before the show. It took me like seven and a half minutes, man. I've been putting this off for almost 50 episodes. Something that big I would have thought you would have saved for number 50, but okay. Oh, oh, good point, Kevin. All right, I'm going to cut this whole part out. We're going to edit. Edit. No, the promo will be ready by episode Ooh, oh, burn. One, one fifty. Forget the one in front of the 50. <laughs> yes. <sighs> so, Kevin. So, time for our pick. Yes, Kevin. We'll let you go first. Because we're all about the politeness here on Forgotten Physics. <laughs> well, that's a new thing. Okay. Um, uh, you, well, I, I, I got like a half dozen, but I guess I'll go back to, because it's just maybe one of my second favorite. Kurt Russell role, and I'll just go with Big Trouble in Little China. Nice. Uh, very good. Got to go with the Pork Chop Express, you know. As Jack Burton, he kind of yeah. does the he kind of does the Clint Eastwood thing in that too a little bit, doesn't he? Actually, you know, it's more of a, a goofy kind of way. Yeah. Kind of way. Actually, would you say it's more of a uh, what is that? I'm trying to remember the. T- he is Jack. I you know, it's almost like a John Wayne. Now that I'm thinking about it, isn't it? Does he do a little like hey little lady? He's got a little of that. 
Oh yeah, very the whole bravado, the whole yeah. big the hands and that all. Yeah, you know. come on now, it's all on the reflexes. Yes, yes, God, movie's great, <laughs> man. So why did why did you pick Big Trouble in Little China, Kevin? <laughs> Besides that, it's awesome. Yeah, you just gotta take. I mean, another one of those mid '80s, totally crazy, over the top. Gotta gotta have Kurt Russell there. I mean, not that uh, there isn't a little bit of eye candy to go with it too. So yes, yeah. so so Kevin. You, you pick big trouble, hey? I'm not upset though because that was I, not I, I my pick. With the other one that I was going to go with, because I'm sensing you're going to take the Harry Dan one, so I'll leave that for you. Okay, so just as a hint, um, yes, sir. Were there any Wolverines in your original pick? <laughs> uh, no. Okay, okay, I'm safe then. So, Jason, go ahead. I swear to God, if you. Pull it out, Jason. I'm going to reach this microphone. Oh, I know what I'm going to pick now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually went with, um, and I'm sure Kevin will appreciate this one, I actually went with a little bit more of an obscure, obscure reference, um, but one that means a lot to me. This is in, um, the first film that I remember seeing Ernest Borgnine in. And it is from 1979. It is Walt Disney's The Black Hole. Kevin, I thought that was a porn movie. Yes, yes. <laughs> that wasn't a porn movie? No. Oh. no there may have no. been. Uh, <laughs> may have been by the same name, but not the Disney <laughs> one from the late 70s. Oh, okay. Um, yes, yeah, so this was one during what I consider the dark epic of Disney movies back when they made The Black Cauldron <laughs> um, and Rescuers. <clears throat> this was after, immediately after... Um, uh, Walt's death and before Michael Eisner came on board and kind of revived it with uh, Little Mermaid and some of those other films. So this is kind of in the in-between era where they were still lost, but it actually had some pretty big stars, including Anthony Perkins um, played in this as uh, one Norman of the, Bates. Yes, Norman Bates from Psycho. And he, the, the story is basically um, this ship, the, the, the Palomino is, is cruising through space and they see this what looks like a, a dead or derelict ship parked right on the edge of a black hole. And in it, there's only one person left, uh, played by Maximilian Schnell. And he's kind of this crazy, it's sort of a blend of, it feels like a blend of like a 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea where he kind of plays a crazy Nemo type character with uh, elements of the TV show Lost in Space um, because there's kind of the friendly, nice little robot that helps them out and then there's kind of this evil robot. And, uh, it's actually really, you know, I, I haven't seen it in years so it could be a complete turd but from what I remember I enjoyed it as a kid. It's, as, it's a little dark. Um, not exactly a Disney little kid flick, but Ernest Borgnine played uh, one of the good guys in it, played Harry Booth, um, and it's the first thing I remember seeing him in. Now, the other thing that I almost picked, which I'm sure you guys didn't pick either, um, was another Ernest Borgnine, which was uh, Airwolf, which he was in the movie and the TV series. The TV show, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I there was that. an Airwolf movie? Was it like a TV movie? No. It wasn't. Um, you yeah. Is it a TV movie? Uh, no, I don't think so. I swear to God, it was a full-on. I don't. Thunder <clears throat> came out at the same time with. Um, well, now there was uh, there was there was Blue Thunder. There was Firefox, which technically with um with Kate Eastwood, even that was a plane though. That wasn't a. Um, yeah, no, but there was. I remember there were two. You know, the helicopter movies were not far uh, apart. Now there was one called. Yeah, oh. it was a TV movie. Ah, that's okay. I, it would have counted. Yeah, because I'm I, hell. I have watched most of the TVs in my or most of the movies in my life on TV. Oh, there you go. Close enough. Everything is a TV movie. <laughs> Indeed. Well, that that is a a good pick. Except as I recall, seeing that as a child, I was bored out of my skull. But that's okay, Jason. <laughs> sure, it was an excellent the black hole. Yes, I seem to remember like being a very young kid, like six or seven, and my dad trying to get me to watch it, and oh. Yeah, I just, it wasn't action-packed, that's for sure. Yeah, it was no, no, Nature no. abhors a vacuum. Nature abhors a vacuum, and that's what Disney was at that period in time. So, yeah, so yeah, my pick, if you haven't guessed it already, really, it's Red Dawn, which I thought we maybe, in fact, had picked it in an earlier episode, but I was like, ah, screw it, it's Red Dawn. Anytime I could use, you know, get an excuse to throw that out there. <laughs> Obviously, it is a kind of an alternate history reality in the, in the vein of this uh this picture i picked it mainly because harry dean stanton and i did get his name right yes okay so one of those three yeah. name actors that i I'm like wait was it 
Harry Dean Stanton, or it's like uh, it's own heart. Yeah, yeah. No, who's the who's the who's the chick in um, Benny and June and some kind of wonderful? And I'm brain farting. Mary Stewart, something or other. And then we got Catherine Mary Stewart and Mary, Mary Stewart, Stewart Masterson, and yeah. it's like, oh come on. <laughs> so yes, Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah, <laughs> when he's not Mister Lefleur, which will be my pseudonym whenever I'm in some questionable motion pictures. Yes, so it was uh, the 1984 uh, action movie about a group of high school kids, except for, you know, Jed, played by Patrick Swayze, who is, in fact, not a high school kid. He just hangs out with them, apparently. And they are battling the Russians and the Cubans who have invaded the United States, which could totally happen. And uh, they're talking about remaking. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, they remade it. It's been sitting on a shelf. Thank God. And uh, uh, MGM's financial woes benefit us all. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So this movie, the the remake sounded so good. Apparently, they were going to have the Chinese invade us because at least they have the army to do it. But then somebody realized, oh wait, China owns our ass. So maybe we shouldn't piss them off. And they decided after the movie's done, let's make them Korean. That's what they let's make them North Korea because, yeah, that, yeah, anybody's gonna, A, you're gonna buy that. What do you do? CGI their friggin' hats? What the hell? And I'm not even gonna get into the racial implications of saying, well, I mean, I mean, Chinese, Korean, Chinese, same damn thing. But can you see, can you hear the meeting of these morons? Oh, don't get me started. Okay. No, please don't. The original Red Dawn. The original was awesome. Yes, John Milius. Love it. Fantastic movie. Check it out. So guys, let's. Uh, oh, what, what, you Kevin? Surprised me. That's not. That's not the one I thought you were going to go with. What did you think I was going to go with? I thought you were going to go with uh, 1984's Repo Man. Ah, with yeah. with uh, Milo Estevez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was. It was on the short list when I was, uh, you know, finishing things up, and during my, you know, prep meeting, and uh, <laughs> so. But no, I, I pretty much any excuse I can, you know, to throw out Red Dawn. It's one of those that I... Oh, no, very, 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 very valid. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's uh, jump into a couple of quick feedbacks here. First up, it wouldn't be an episode without Peter. Hello, Joel, and hello, Jason. Guess who? Uh, and guess where I am? Yep, you're right. I'm on my balcony. <laughs> it's Fahrenheit, I guess, 36, 37 degrees, so it's it's getting cold. So many places I could go with that joke. I just want to tell you. I got to tell you. I think I will only be shocked when I hear Peter call in and tell us a movie he didn't like. <laughs> well, well, and more to the point, guys. One thing I don't want to have. I don't want to have a blue Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I think a blue Peter is bad. Yes. <laughs> if your if your Peter turns blue. I think that's one thing my dad always taught me. Blue like Peter's a frightened turtle. Yes. <laughs> the point of the matter is. <laughs> I also love that he is sensitive enough to our American public school education that he didn't even bother with Celsius. Told us, yes. Yeah, he's like, oh, we're Fahrenheit, too, you guys are morons. Uh, yes, it'd be 36 degrees. <laughs> yes, that was great. Thank you, Peter. And again, as the winter goes on. <laughs> We're going to have a countdown to blue. <laughs> yeah, countdown to when we see Peter's. Turn blue. What? I just wonder if his neighbors can like see him doing this. <laughs> the sky is going out. Like, what the hell is he doing? 
and he's talking to himself about movies like once a week. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> movies we haven't even heard of. Okay. Uh, yes. So um, our final bit of feedback again. Although I, I said it wouldn't be an episode without Peter. He was, in fact, not in the last episode. And I emailed him in, like, this frantic hurry thinking I, I'd missed it. I deleted it or something. He's like, oh, no, I actually didn't call in. So I felt all bad for, like, a whole day because I thought. Panic yeah. Because he hasn't called. <laughs> yeah. Where's Peter? Uh, I actually did. I'm sitting there going, I have to have something for Peter. <laughs> Guys entitled to a week off. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Bull crap. What we pay him? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, in half, buddy. What's half a zero? Let's have to carry the zero. Is, isn't ha if you if you cut a zero in half, it'd be a U, right? Or an N, I guess, depending on which way you turn it. Or C. Or C. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Okay, so let's hear some uh, JV. So we're going to go back in time to, like, the Labyrinth episode, which began with Joel saying, Welcome to the Forgotten Bricks podcast. As always, I'm Joel. And then I'm thinking to myself, well, who else would you be but Joel? Of course, as always, you're Joel. So why do you need to say that? It kind of goes without saying, hey, I'm Joel. As always. Like, as if you're going to turn into someone else. Like, oh, I don't know, a Manchichi or something like that. I mean, honestly, why do you have to say that? I mean, come on, of course you're Joel. You're always going to be Joel. You're never going to be anyone different. You're always going to be that same guy that does the Forgotten Flakes podcast, and you're never going to be anyone else in life. And then after that, I realized 15 minutes had passed, and then I got to rewind all the way back to the beginning. And I'm sitting there listening to Joel saying, as always, I'm Joel. And then I got to set the phone down and pick it back up again. Shift in the fourth gear, turn off the podcast, and call up. And at that point, I have to say, we're going to go back in time. And by the way, you know me, it's JV. <laughs> okay, as always, JV makes a valid point. Um, when did JV move to, like, Brooklyn? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Forget about it. Forget about it over here. Hey, hey. What, I'm a clown? I'm here to amuse you? Hey, hey. Oh, I'm funny? Hey, I'm funny. Hey, f*** you, I'm funny over here. Sorry. Another another beep. Beep too. <laughs> Dang it, I'm going to have to edit all this. <sighs> Sorry, guys. It's all good. Yeah. Can we have a voice off from Kevin or something? Oh, no, wait, he's with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to do the promo, and then I was going to, like, be really just obnoxious, and then I realized we ran out of time, so. Which, I don't know how the hell that happened. <laughs> oh, for sure. Somewhere on that list. Time. <laughs> We've... Somewhere on the list of fuck flowers, I think we lost it. Oh, I don't care, dude. That was perfect. <laughs> and, and, and I had to include JV's uh, voicemail for no other reason than he re referenced Munchie Cheese. So, uh, munchie cheese. I had one of those. I, in fact, have a costume, and I do dress up as a munchie cheese from time to time. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that's Jason, if anybody saw his picture that Kevin Spencer drew. I was just born that way. Yes. So, Jason, um, let's do a couple quick shout-outs. Uh, the wonderful uh, show art is done by Kevin Spencer at inkspatters.com. He has been, uh, again, another one we pay the big bucks to. <laughs> I tell you, people. Wow. We just do. You know, it's like we got it. Might as well just, you know, Kevin's getting paid, you know, what he's getting paid for his guest appearance. It's crazy. We're crazy. People people love doing things for us because of all the money they don't make. <clears throat> so, yes, thank you to Kevin for that. Kevin Batchelder, which I was going to say something about your promo, but again, I didn't play it. So, um, and I'm, 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 I'm going to save you for last. Okay, Kevin. Okay, thanks. Um, and uh, uh, thank you to JV, of course, at jvmail.com for doing our little uh, spoiler alerts, tweaking them a bit and, uh, you know, goosing them, as it were, uh, you know, audibly goosing them. And uh, am I forgetting anyone, Jason, other than our wonderful guest co-host here? Uh, no, I think you're doing pretty good right now. Okay. So, and of course, we have to thank the lovely, the effervescent I normally save that for Jason, by the way, so she feel really, really privileged right now. Hey, 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 hey. Hey. Don't call anybody else effervescent now. Yeah. Don't, don't go upsetting him at this hour. Yeah, that's true. Please that's don't. true. We're yeah. almost done. <laughs> uh, Kevin Batchelder of the Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV and 
the Saturday B Movie Reel podcast, which has been excellent, except for one episode where you had this one D bag on, and you guys <laughs> talked about mega mega platypus or something. Okay. Had Tiffany in it, you can't knock it. <laughs> yeah, come on, bicycle kick. That's all I gotta say. What the hell's bicycle kick? I have to see the movie, don't I? God. Yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Yes, Jason was a wonderful coach. Yes, I know he was. Job. He did fantastic. Great. A ton of fun, guys. Thank you very much. I was a little nervous now. You've had some great co-hosts so far. but Yeah, yeah. Well, Kevin. I'm sorry. I couldn't even keep a straight face. I was trying to, like, I was trying to, like, do something. I'm like, oh, yes, Kevin. Uh, we, we, yeah. Uh, um, yes, we, we have. Uh, uh, did you say that Jason and I were great co Oh, no, you meant other people. Yes, yes. No, we have, in fact, yeah, yes, we have had other people. The other people on your show are great. Yes, the other people. Yeah, but you two morons. Holy crap. Yeah, I'll listen when you have a guest host on. Yes, no, we really appreciate it. You've been fantastic. We've enjoyed all our guest hosts, and we would love to have you on again. In fact, I believe we may periodically in 2012. Cool. Yes. We've got our 2012 show list uh, nearly set. Uh, yes. Well, minus minus order. <laughs> We've got a lot of yeah. movies in the bucket. They just... <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're there. Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there eventually. So, Jason, voicemail? Um, give us a call anytime, anywhere. We will talk to you on the show at the end. But please give us a call, 206-203-0491. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes and ForgottenFlix.com. And we will toss you on the show, but we will not toss your salad. And, <laughs> wow, that was... Pause. Yes. <laughs> You can find us find us at ForgottenFlicks.com. On Twitter, I am ForgottenFlicks. Jason is Flick Sidekick. Check out our Facebook page. Uh, Jason has been uh, wonderful to put up trailers and links and stuff. And, you know, occasionally I'll like something. <laughs> yeah, pressing that one button, that's a lot of work. It really is. For him. It's Sorry. really hard to focus. Like, I go to, I go to push like, and I'm like, oh, pictures. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> Uh, and of course, uh, you have everyone here has uh, Kevin to thank or blame, as the case may be, because the only reason that the podcast even ends up there on a regular basis is because Kevin goes, um, "Hey, moron, there's this uh, plugin uh, built app thing that's built on Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. That if you just yeah. set it, it'll uh, put your posts up there. Because we know how well that worked when we relied on you to do it. Woo, touche. <laughs> but again, I say people may have been happier. <laughs> Look, it's episode 15. Look, it's episode 27. Look, <laughs> Look episode 42. 28, 29. Wait a minute, how could they be up to? <laughs> 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 Half the time it was Peter or I posting it up there. Anyway, so yeah. yeah, that's a good one. And, then, and, then, and the best part is, I would, I would like <laughs> that you posted it. <laughs> Damn Skippy. That's right. So on that note, gentlemen, let's go out in 8-bit style. <laughs>